This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, Butcher Breakaway fans, welcome to a special bonus MLB Over Under episode of the Bluesharts Breakaway. Greg, say hello. Hi, buddy. I'm back. We also have our good friend Joey B here, Joey Binks, uh, Joey Mancakes, Joey Pancakes. He is also our, our, our correspondent for our MLB Over-Unders. Joey, say hello. Hey, guys. First time, long time. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so today on the show, we're going to be going through all the divisions in baseball, every single one of them, all six. We will be discussing six, the, we're going to be discussing the over-unders for all these teams. Uh, we'll talk about all the teams for maybe three seconds and the Mets for about 37 and uh, and then we'll go from there. So and after that, we're going to do the Cy Young and the MVPs for both uh, the AL and the NL. And then we're going to do our five Stone Cold Locks. Greg, I'm sure you have those ready and prepared for us. That's very nice of you. Uh, we'll probably do some dark horses for MVP candidates. But let's start in the NL right now. And we'll start from the bottom of the NL Central. I know you were pretty high in Milwaukee, Greg. The, the over-under is 70 and a half. How do we feel about Milwaukee? Uh, not great. They're a team deep in rebuilding. I, they have some fun pieces, right? But, you know, is there anything here that really signals to anyone that they're going, they're in a very tough division. The NL is improved from last year. I just, it's hard to imagine them winning. I mean, it, it's difficult to predict a team to lose. Yeah. 70 is such a low number. Like that's, it's it's a low number, but I think they're the worst team in the Central, and not every team is going to be able to go over. So well, uh, let's, let's I'd like to talk this. to you about. Hold on, let's talk about the Reds' starting pitching staff right okay. now. If you want Joey, to talk about the worst it. team in the Central, you beat me right to it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, by the way, their over under is the same. The Reds, it's seventy and a half. So both teams here are 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 fighting for the the title of worst team in the Central. I mean, if if I were to go over on the Brewers, I'd be saying they'd go. 72 and 90 I'm not, I like I don't see them winning more than 72 games so I this is a, a over under I wouldn't bet on but I'd, I'd probably take the under well they do have uh, a pretty young team Villar had a breakout season they did get Korean superstar Eric Thames and uh, they do have quality start wizard uh, Zach Davies on their team so I would say I would take the under <laughs> uh, yeah I'm not touching this one it's the kind of thing where I think anything, not, there's pretty much nothing nailed down there. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of thing, guys are gone, especially any remotely useful bullpen pieces throughout the middle of the year. But I don't think they're the basement. I think the Reds are the worst, and I do like the Reds under 70 and a half wins. So, uh, so you're not taking the under? You're just staying away from Milwaukee? Yeah, I'm staying away from Milwaukee. I'd like to root for them. I think that might be informing my decision, but it's also that I see they're the same number as the Reds, and I definitely think the Reds are a worse team than the Brewers this year. I All right, here's a question about the Reds. What would it take for them to trade Joey Votto, and why hasn't it happened? I don't think. I just... Uh, yep. I Well, now i got to look up what his contract is. I mean, it's, I... He makes a lot. He makes 20-plus, but it's for... 
basically the indefinite future. I think he's under contract for at least another, I feel like, three years. I'm looking it up right now, so. Um, I am as well. This is fantastic podcasting. Oh, it's incredible. It really is. Uh, I just, I think it's one of those things where the Reds don't, Oh my god! If the Reds didn't have Joey Votto, it's not like they need to lose more games. Okay. Right? All right. His contract is is hefty. It is it is uh twenty five million up to the year twenty twenty four rather pretty much. The, oh, the, so I was undershooting it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, god, yeah. He's he's under contract until he's thirty nine. Actually, that's, forty. That's probably yeah. No, well, so that that answers the question why he uh, hasn't been traded yet because I don't know who. I, don't get me wrong, Joey Votto, super productive player still, and it's not like first base is such an overly demanding defensive position that he can't stick there for the rest of his career. But I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more years on his deal. But I'm, I'm Toronto. Why not? Dollars? Why not just like try and snatch him up, Canadian, good old Canadian boy, bring him home. I just I don't think the prospect hall the Reds would want. Plus, them wanting you to take on probably the entirety of his contract can't really make it worth it. Totally fair. So, I think that supports my decision to think that the Reds will be better than the Brewers. They're keeping Joey Votto because we can't imagine a scenario where he gets moved. You're saying they're going to be better than the Brewers? Oh, I thought you said they were going to be worse than the Brewers. You did say no, that. No, you're right. You're right. I, I put my foot in my mouth. Put my mouth uh, on it. That's what I like to know about Joey B. Um, I, uh... I mean, I'm not trying to say the Reds are the second coming here of anything, but the Reds, offense the, isn't, the Reds' offense isn't bad. There are parts of the Brewers' offense right now that is just flat-out bad. You don't like, like Hernan Perez? Significant at-bats. I don't understand. As someone that's seen a lot of Kirk Newenice in his life, I got to tell you, that's not appetizing. I like – Eric Thames is going to hit 270. Just saying. He's, he's going to play well for them. They are a bad team. Let's stop talking about bad teams and move on to potentially good teams. Uh, Pittsburgh is at eighty-two and a half. Does Andrew McCutcheon have a bounce back here? Is uh, what is uh, Tyler Glass now? Does he get called up and is he the rookie pitcher of the year? Where does this team stand? E- either uh, one. Of I just, I, I'm just, I did not realize that Scott Feldman is the number one starter for the Reds this year. <laughs> 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 anyway, I'm not. I'm not done talking about the Reds. I don't think. That's, I, try, uh, I tried to move no, on. That, that caught me. That caught me off guard. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> that is. That is something that I was not really prepared for mentally. Uh, what are we talking about? The Pirates. Yeah, the Pirates, the Pirates. are 82 and a half. Yeah. Um, uh, see, that's a pretty good over under. Yeah, it's a really fair number. I like Gregory Polanco to take a step forward this year, and Marte is just really, really good. And I don't think McCutcheon is going to get worse. In fact, I think last year is going to be the worst year of his career. And so, even if he does, Austin Meadows is just waiting. Like he, He's just going to be waiting, demolishing minor league pitching for a chance. Josh Bell is going to be interesting to watch uh, as a full-time Said no player one ever. for them. Um, Jung-Ho Gang is... Oh. Of never coming back because he's uh, stuck in Korea. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, um, he's gone forever. Hey, kids uh, out there, don't drink a drive. Just don't do it. It's not, it's not worth it. Is this is this year we see Tyler Glass now? Is he going to make his debut? He might actually make the starting rotation. So There's a chance he's the fifth starter, but I don't know if he can, at this point, make it through a rotation multiple times. Like It's tough. Uh, I love Garrett Cole. I love Jameson Tyone. Uh, I have faith that 
Searage is going to work his magic with Ivan Nova to make him better. He kind of did that already. Right. Yeah, he was fine last year. I think I have to go, gun to my head, I'd probably go slightly over. I don't think the Pirates are necessarily a playoff team, but I think they're a team that's going to be sniffing around that second wild card spot and probably get to 84, 85 wins. I'd, I'd yeah. say they're, they're, if you were to play the, this Pirate season out 100 times, uh, more than half of the time you'll get over 82 and a half wins. So I'd go over. Yeah, but it's a really, it's a really good, it's a really good number. I'm also feeling that for Pittsburgh, I, I think this team has a lot of like sort of hidden gem talent, uh, somewhat of a, a minor league that keeps somehow reproducing uh, talent that they keep bringing up. So I, at this point in time, I just feel like there's no way Pittsburgh goes under 82. I think they win around 86. Just my opinion. The roster feels like it should be over that, but I think they get punished for playing in this division with the Cubs and Cardinals, who. The Cardinals just always, it feels like they just always beat them. Right. It seems like they have their, well, the Cardinals are just notoriously, I'm sure you feel very strongly about the Cardinals, Greg, but they're notoriously uh, just a Spursian, as I would say. Uh, why, why would I feel good. strongly about the Cardinals? They I, don't bother me. No, they don't do anything to you. They, Yadier Molina bothers me, but outside of him, Cardinals were just kind of whatever. Strike three looking. But, uh, all right, let's move <laughs> okay. on. Let's that was 11 years ago. <laughs> hey, something, I don't know. Something's You're made, over might it, stick right? with you. Uh, I, I mean, I went to the World Series in 2015. Like, I can't be harping on 20, 2006 as much anymore. Wow, right. You're just a new man. All right, let's move on to St. Louis. They're 84 and a half. That feels exactly where they should be. I have no idea which way I lean with them. Uh, losing Alex Reyes for the year obviously hurts them. He was going to be one of their top-line guys, a developing pitcher. That really sets him back, but... This is a team that's just so solid constantly. Michael Waka is going to slide to that fifth spot and go Waka Waka over everyone and just be totally fine. He's having a tremendous spring. Uh, as I tried to trade, uh, with, tried to trade Greg today for him, and Greg told me I'm not doing trades till the season happens. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. And that's what uh, we're here to do. yep. And uh, I, I'm going to say this is a stay away, similar to the Milwaukee. I, I think this is the perfect number for St. Louis. I I the Cardinals take the over. Yeah. Like the Cardinals are gonna find their way to win five more games than they should, and it just feels like that's how it is every year. Is it just me, or is the entire Cardinals roster this year you like it but you don't love it? Every every player. Uh, Matt like, Carpenter, I kind of love. Yeah, out, but outside of Carpenter, like if Johnny Peralta was your third baseman, that's fine. You don't love it if. I'm not a big Aledmus Diaz guy, but if he's your shortstop, you like it. You I'm probably a huge Aledmus Diaz guy, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm big on Steven Piscotty. He's probably my favorite guy on the Cardinals. Uh, but the rotation outside of I, I'm high on Waka like you are, Ryan. What is Adam Wayne right now? Like at this, I, I don't know. He hasn't had a good spring. He had a terrible year last year, and I just feel like Mike Leake and Lance Lynn are the definitions of replaceable starting pitchers. Yeah. And that's Mike Leake is a goddamn legend. You yeah. take that back. <laughs> I, I will not. It All bothers right. me so much that he wears a single digit and is a pitcher. Like, it doesn't look right. I think you were the only one who knew that, Greg. Yeah, Stop. no one else knew that. <laughs> it's just, it looks funny. It, I, don't, I don't enjoy it. Um, I'd honestly, if I, were, if I had to pick one team between the Pirates and the Cardinals to take the over and the other the under, uh, I'd probably take the over on the Pirates, the under on the Cardinals. I just – the rotation scares me. Uh, I like Carlos Martinez. I like Michael Waka, but 60% of that rotation is a giant question mark. And I – Alex, without Alex Reyes, I, I don't know how they replace 
someone that will need replacing later in the year. Uh, this team, uh, I think, I don't know if I agree with you, but I, I just, uh, looking at the, the the roster right now in the depth chart, like, you're right, the talent just sticks out more in Pittsburgh, but I just can't seem to bring myself to pick uh, Pittsburgh over St. Louis in that situation. I, I think I agree with you, but just because of the over-under numbers, if the Pirates were at 84.5 and the Cardinals were at 82.5, I would take the over-under the other way, if forced to pick, like you were saying. Fair. That's fair. Let's go to the big guns, my friends. The World Series champions, the Chicago Cubs, their number is 96 and a half. It's too high. That That is a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, look, I love the Cubs. I think they might finish the year with the best record in the National League, but to assume that they're going to win 97 or more games is a a big ask, especially since, you know, the Cardinals are competitive, the Pirates are going to be better. And while they have 38 combined games against the Brewers and the Reds, unless they go an ungodly like 32 and six against those teams, then I just think the National League is better this year than it was last year from top to bottom. So it it's hard to say. When I say the Cubs are going to go under, I'm not trying to say the Cubs are a bad team. I'm, it's more about you know, it's hard to predict a team winning 100 games, which is almost what you have to ask I'm, the Cubs. To do. I'm looking at this roster right now, though, and man, it's stacked. The lineup is insane. The lineup doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's, it's stacked, they, man. It's, if you just look at it game by game, they probably should win most days. Like, yeah, every they should probably go every time through the rotation. If they go worse than three and two, they're, I would say, disappointed. Any individual time, you mean, not on an average. No, no, like every every five days, the Cubs right. should be no worse than three and two. And guys, I Javi think they're Baez be doesn't have a spot to fucking play in this this lineup. Is <laughs> Joe Jay really their pro- projected center fielder though? What the fuck is that about? No, for center field. Yeah, it's uh, Al- Alberta Amora Jr. right now at this point in time. Roster Resource has John Jay ahead of him. Mm. Are those guys that different at this point? Like Almora has more potential, but I, I, I don't know I mean, what yeah, he I is guess- right now. I guess, John, like, if John Jay's your eight-hitter, like, who, who cares? He's going to play good center field. Both of them are going to be good in the field, and that's really all they need to ask from that guy. God, this lineup is insane. Uh, I don't know how accurate uh, roster resources when it comes to making the lineup, but would anyone be surprised if Joe Madden batted Kyle Schwarber leadoff? Here, no, no, I would not. Uh, here's a quote from, yeah. uh, from John Lackey. We got rid of Ross, and he stinks, and he couldn't hit. So we're going to be better this year. So, <laughs> so listen, I think this team's going over. I, I want to pick the numbers just so, so high. And I want to take the under and I want to feel confident and I just can't. I just can't. I look at this talent. and the, uh, Even the, the pitching staff is ridiculous. It, Hendricks is their third, their third starter and he would be an ace on most other staffs. So it's, it's real tough for me. Yeah, I, I think it's without question the Cubs are going to win the NL Central, but Again, just going back to the over and comfortably too. They'll win it comfortably. Oh, yeah. I think they'll they'll win by a ten game margin again. Um, I just, I, I ninety seven is a like that's a big number to predict. They might but, they might easily win a hundred. That's the most insane part. Yeah, the I honestly think the bullpen's better with Wade Davis instead of um, Chapman. They have like six guys in their bullpen. That <laughs> dude, Carl Edwards is their third reliever. That dude throws 100 miles per hour. Or like, if the Pedro Strope is going. Like, it's yeah, Strope's fantastic. Guy. There's nothing, like, the narrative that 
cracks me up is there was never anything wrong with Hector Rondon. It's just <laughs> they could do better, I guess. Yeah. But to say Rondon is your, what, you know, second guy out of the bullpen in a five-run game in the seventh inning, it's not bad. He's a closer on most teams. Right. Unreal. Well, Just unreal. All right, so let's do our final takes here on, on, on the Cubs. I'm going over. I'm going to go under. It's too high. Uh, 90, I, to bet on any team to win 97 games is too high. And I'll, I'll regret that when they're, you know, they have 20 wins in their first 26 games, but whatever. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Banks. I think this team's going to win 90, 95, 96, 97 games, and I'd err on the side of caution and say slightly under. Let's transition to a fun game of the NL West over-under. The San Diego Padres are at 65 and a half games. Greg, without looking, right now, name two starting pitchers. <laughs> Jared, I know Jared Weaver's one. That is correct. Uh, do they have Clayton Richard again? Did they they bring do. Him back? That was great job oh, by you, my friend. It. I will read you their starting rotation just for fun. Yoli Shashim, Clayton Richard, Jared Weaver, as you said, Trevor Cahill, and Jared Cozart. And uh, just so everyone knows, Richard and Cahill were situational relievers last year. <laughs> um. Honest, honest question. We've played this game offline before. So you just read the Padres starting rotation. That's their one through five. That's their, oh, this is the a good best game. they're going to roll out there. Yeah. The Mets six through ten right now would be um, Zach Wheeler, Seth Lugo, Rafael Montero, uh, Sean Gilmartin, and Tom Gorzolani. Which five would you rather have? The Mets. <laughs> I don't think it's close. <laughs> it's not close. Like the Mets have you would just, just rather have Zach Wheeler. Like that's it. Yeah, it's unreal. The, this but this rotation is so bad. I, I think I'd rather have every other team's six or seven starter before I would want Chasin, who is the Padres' number one. Ugh, this team is awful. Uh, but they do have some fun prospects. Like there is Cal. Hope. On the horizon. Yeah, there are some good ones. Uh, Espinoza will be a – that's an, a trade that I believe uh, the Red Sox will regret down the down the pipe there. I, I think they're going to regret it most because they didn't know Drew Pomerantz was injured. Yeah, well, they kind of got lied to, so that's fun. Uh, the only exciting part about this team for me right now on paper is I do like Solarte for some strange reason, probably maybe because he played in New York, and he's been sort of productive for them. And I really, feels like he, feels like he gets traded this year, though, to a contender that needs him. And I, I, and I also, I, I, I'm still mad at the Rays for trading Will Myers. So there's that. Am I, uh, am I crazy? Will Myers signed an extension this offseason, right? Yes, I will double check for you, but I, I believe no, he, he signed it last I'm year. It, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Um, um, wow, so that he's happens. not, he's not going anywhere. No, he's not. Uh, fun fact I saw the other day. I think it was the Red Sox AAA team is going to have a higher salary than the Padres roster. Is that? True. I think when they assigned, <laughs> I think it was Rosny Castillo got assigned to uh, AAA, and that put them over the top. Uh, I can't. I'm not positive it was the Red Sox, but some teams' AAA roster was projected to have a higher salary than the Padres. I think the Red Sox makes sense because they have a yeah. high price guys down there. Uh yeah. I mean, look, Manuel Margot, Will Myers, Hunter Renfro. Those are three guys that are going to be fun to watch, and the and that's Padres about it. And Eric Ibar is their starting shortstop. Yeah, I expect Solarte to be traded at some point to a contender. Um, Eric Ibar is garbage, like <laughs> literal garbage. Austin Hedges needs to prove he can hit. He's fantastic defensively, but the bat has never been there. Nope. It's just 
It, I mean, the Padres' best pitcher on their 25-man roster right now might be their backup catcher, Christian Bethencourt. Don't talk about Carter Caps like that. Oh, Carter Caps, the cheater. That, that was yeah, legal, by the way. Wait, Carter, Carter Caps isn't on the Padres, is he? Yes, he is. Oh, he is. Is he yeah. hurt? No. Uh, he, he's going to start the year on the 10-day deal. Uh, how about that? Okay. He'll be fine. Let's move um, on to the so, Arizona Cardinals. Wait, wait. Arizona right, Cardinals. Hold on, wow, hold on. Diamondbacks. We have, Whoa. we have to do the – it's the opposite of the Cubs question. They're at, Padres are at 65 and a half. Is that too low to take the under? No. We just – did you see that starting rotation? No. Just wanted to check. It, 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 it's the opposite of that Cubs question. We're like, that is an absurdly low number. You're basically betting on a team to lose 100 games, and I think it's the under, yeah. I take the under. Uh, is there any starting pitcher on the Padres you think is capable of winning 10 games this no. year? No. <laughs> He's in the minor leagues. Yeah, so. that's sad. You're right. What, I, I, just, I, I know like the, the win is an overrated stat, and I don't really like it, but at the end of the day, there isn't a single San Diego st- Padres starting pitcher that I think is capable of winning 10 games. There is. He's in the minor leagues. His name's Cal Cuntrell, and he'll be great when he comes up. Anyway, um, <laughs> Let's do Quantrill, by the way, Quantrill. Mister. I can't pronounce people's I first pronounce last names. Any names? Uh, it's been talked about. Arizona Diamondbacks. Their number is seventy-eight and a half. I actually love this team uh, for that number. I particularly like that they have Gold- Paul Goldschmidt, who is a uh, production machine. Brandon Drury has been a boyfriend boyfriend of mine for years now. I believe two years. I've been on his train. He's finally starting to hit. He's a serviceable player. Their rotation is actually not that bad, especially when you're just looking at the San Diego rotation and transferring to this. It is Zach Granke. They traded for Taiwan Walker. Robbie Ray is a big sleeper this year. Shelby Miller can maybe put it back together. He can't be worse. He can't be worse than what he was last year. And Patrick Corbin, maybe he does something okay at the fifth spot. Greg, and uh, what is your thoughts on this team? Looking at this team, there is no reason for them to be any worse than 500, right? They have so many... Good, interesting pieces. A.J. Pollock is a fantastic center fielder that's going to be healthy. Possibly an uh, MVP candidate. Paul Goldschmidt, as you said, I think is maybe the most underrated player in baseball. Um, I personally love Jake Lamb. I think he's got big-time power upside, so he's going to be fun to watch. And Zach Grinke is going to be better than he was last year. Walker is a fantastic pickup for them. Uh, as Bink said, there's no way Shelby Miller could possibly be worse. And yet, the Diamondbacks kind of always find a way to be worse than they're supposed to be, right? I think last year, I took the under on the Diamondbacks, and I made it a stone-cold lock, and it was one of my best calls that I think I've ever had. Um, This year, I think I'm not ready to believe in the Rockies, who I know we're going to do next. So I'm going to say the Diamondbacks are over. It's slightly over. I'd say they're, they're a 500 team, I think. I also they, enjoy they the over. more than 500, but I think right now the Diamondbacks are 500. I mean, the problem is the bullpen. If you like, Rodney is going to start as their closer, which yeah, is nice. not going to last. But nope. then, all right, then we get Randall Delgado, and then the rest of those guys are just not. There's nobody I feel good about getting three outs. Has Archie Bradley fallen off that much that he's not going to win a rotation spot? Yes. He's not going to win a rotation spot. But they're also not going to convert him to a normal reliever. Right, they're going to give him multiple innings every time they bring him in. Yeah, if I, mean, I, I don't know. I feel like they should probably still see if he can start. Man. He just can't stop walking people. Yeah, and but are they doing him any favors by keeping him in the majors? At some like, 
I mean, there might be nothing left for him to prove in AAA, but at least then he'd be getting five innings every year. Yeah, but how many times could he get sent down before you're a bust? Is he well, one now? But this this is the year, right? Either you figure out how to throw strikes consistently, or you're, you know, you become a high leverage reliever. Thing is, this team wants to win, and they don't want to do that. It's that they were they were done testing. They tested with him the last three years. Sure, but it, has the team ever won because their long reliever is special? Uh, did you watch the Indians last year? <laughs> yes, that's what I, I would. Yep, Andrew Miller is not a long reliever. No, but they used him like one in the playoffs. He was going. Sure. But I, I, I would. Andrew Miller is his own category. I would not classify him. He's as a, a category player. of a failed starter who couldn't stop walking guys. Right, but at, and at some point the team just said, "Fuck it, we're going to make him a high leverage reliever." Like right. that's what I'm saying with R.G. Bradley. Thanks. Either either you send him down to the minors and you let him pitch every five days to get six innings, or just make him a high. Like I think the big uh, fallacy is people. I, I understand why you know a starting pitcher is always going to be more valuable than a reliever, but there is plenty of value in high leverage, cheap relievers, which Archie Bradley could be if yeah. they just want to make the commitment. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do like the over for this team. I really hope that the new regime that's in there is not such a train wreck because they have, I feel so bad for Diamondbacks fans the way these past couple of years have gone. Like there's, I mean, listen, there's a lot of different franchises I feel pretty bad for in all sports. <laughs> so uh, we did just talk about the San Diego Padres. I feel a little bit worse for them. So, For for the sake of Paul Goldschmidt, I hope they figure it out because I would hate for them to ruin his prime. He is such a special player. Totally agree. We are, uh, we are slacking a little bit here, so I'm going to start moving things along a little more. Colorado, uh, their depth chart is starting to look very injured. Uh, their number here is 80 and a half games. How do you guys feel about the Rockies this year? I was really in on this over, and then four guys got injured, and now I can't do it. <laughs> David Dahl is now injured, I believe. Charlie Blackman, I believe, was a little injured, and he'll be okay. Blackman's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, they do have uh, a lot of my boyfriends on this team, including DJ and uh, Nolan Arenado. So uh, this team has a lot of firepower. It always comes back to the pitching with Colorado, and their number one starter this year is Tyler Chatwood. So it's really, John Gray? Yeah, it's John Gray. Okay, well, uh, ESPN, sorry, has Tower Chatwood listed him as uh, number one, but uh, no, John, John Gray I, definitely I is. Like, I really like John Gray, um, but kind of Ryan's point is the fact that after him, it's a hodgepodge of guys who had success last year, but we don't really know if it's totally uh, replicable. Uh, Tyler Chatwood had a great year. Tyler Anderson looked promising at times. Kyle Freeland has been an interesting prospect that battled arm injuries that seems to be healthy and putting it together. I think he's going to be the five starter. Really, with, with the Rockies, though, you know, you, you have to show me at this point. I have never seen a successful Colorado rotation year in and year out. So John Gray is a great guy to build around, but until the Rockies can prove to me that they have figured out how to pitch in Coors Field, uh, I am going to err on the side of caution and take the under. I have a prediction. I think they trade their top prospect, Brendan Rodgers, this year for pitching. Oof. Uh, yeah, but who's the pitcher? Like, I, what pitcher is going to be available worth that worth that price? That I don't know, but I think they're going to try and ship. If if they are competitive at the trade deadline, I think they will try and ship Brendan Rodgers for a pitcher. Hmm. 
Just my opinion. It, I, I guess it, I, it does feel like they want to win. I mean, going out and getting Desmond and I, him him going down, Tom Murphy going down, who I know, Greg, you really like too. I, just, I love Tom Murphy. Big Tom Murphy fan. Yeah. Well, Catcher of the future there. He's done, so. <laughs> For a little while. Half the season, right? Ah, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, all right, let's move on for the Colorado. Before we do that, I'm taking the under at this point in time for 80 and a half. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, not everyone can go over, right? So if you're taking the over on the Diamondbacks, you kind of have to find those wins somewhere. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, it's Colorado that's going to bear the brunt of that. The next team we're going to is San Francisco, and they're at 87 and a half. Convince me why I would ever take the over on this. <sighs> There's... They're still a good team. Uh, any team that's got a top three of Baumgartner, Cueto, and Samarja with Matt Moore as the four starter is going to be competitive, especially since um, they're just going to eat the Padres alive. I, don't, I really don't know where the Padres are going to win the game. The lineup, the lineup is not my favorite. Uh, it's, it's kind of a lighter version of what the Cardinals do. Um, like Joe Panic is a player you would see on the Cardinals be successful and he's just like a step below what they have right now. So uh, I, I love Buster Posey. Uh, Hunter Pence is the most frustrating player I've ever seen in my entire life because it doesn't make any sense how he's good. Um, this is a team that won, I think they won 86 games last year. Can did this team, that? Did this team? you know, where are the two wins coming from? Yeah, are, are they better? That's yeah, the that, that's, that's my question. I don't. I don't you're know where the full year of Matt Moore this time. That's really, that's really where yeah, you're at. You still got Matt Cain as the five, and he's a shell of himself. Um, I would say that's a generous comment you gave Matt Cain. Yeah, I I don't love the lineup, so not loving the lineup makes it hard for me to say that this team's going to win. They improved, they improved in the bullpen going and getting Melanson. This is true. So the, I think they blew a fair amount of games. I don't have the number handy, but if I remember oh, right, that I, I think I think it was over ten um, in the ninth inning or later. That's correct. Okay. Uh, that might be uh, maybe, is, maybe Melanson is worth two wins. I don't know. I just it uh, if this team goes over, it's not going to be by much. They're, this is like a max eighty-eight win team in my mind. I think there are a lot more scenarios where they don't get to the over than they would the under. I'd, I'd take the under reluctantly, but I would stay away from this one. The LA yeah. Dodgers. Oh, let's, let's do the over-unders. I'm, I'm taking the under. Banks? I don't see where the wins are coming from, but seeing as we took the Padres under and the Rockies can't get behind that rotation, I feel like the Giants are going to pick up some of those wins, and it, the bullpen improvement might actually put them over. Can't agree with you, but we're moving on to the Dodgers, who are at 94, and that feels like a very fair number for this team. Clayton Kershaw continues his dominance. Uh, the rest of their pitching staff is very solid, although there's no standout number two in my eyes. Uh, yeah, but that, that's fine. They have 12 number threes. Yeah, they do. They have literally 12 number threes. And uh, and Tri Trace Thompson plays on this team, so that's very nice for them. Jock Peterson still starting in center field. What is the deal with Yasiel Puig, and is he still good? I think this is a situation where it's in the best interest of both parties for them to trade him. At the same time, I don't feel like the Dodgers can trade him because his market is so volatile. You don't know what you're going to get with Yasiel Puig. So I can't see a team giving up a top prospect for Puig when the Dodgers should want a top prospect for him. Absolutely. Right, and you, you can't see it the other way either. The Dodgers giving him up for... 
undervalue, or at least what we feel like is undervalue. Right. And, but they have, they just have so many outfielders and it's one of those weird situations where I think when put compared over a 162 game season, Yasiel Puig is probably better than Kike Hernandez, but Hernandez just does so much for the Dodgers that Puig can't, that he's almost a better and more perfect fit for their lineup, which is weird to say. Like I personally would rather have Yasiel Puig, but for the construction of that lineup, I think day in and day out, Kike Hernandez might actually be a better daily option. Corey Seager is also incredible. Let's just put that out there. Uh, he might be one of the most, he's not underrated, but he's going to be a, a star uh, of the future. And I think he's, is he already a star now? I think he's already a star. Wasn't he just on the cover of one of the video games? Was he? I don't know. That's a good question. Huh. Well, he probably is also, in LA. So. They also picked up Logan Forsythe to... Greg, are you a big Logan Forsythe guy? Love, love Logan Forsythe. Yeah, I thought so. I, I love the versatility. You, you can play all over the infield. So the Dodgers are kind of doing what the Cubs are doing, where they're acquiring all these guys that can play multiple positions so they could change up their lineup at a whim. And I think my favorite part about this team is really the depth they have and the grit they have on the bench. Um, they have this guy named Chase Utley, and you know so he just off? goes out there and plays hard. Uh, you know, it's always a, he's a real true baseball purist, and uh, I really appreciate him. So. Yeah, you're uh, the fucking worst. Okay, so. uh, on to the NL East. Uh, let's start at the bottom. Now well, we're did we give over-unders on the Dodgers here, buddy? Oh, 94. Uh, we're, uh, I'm going to take the over. Uh, I would probably – I think it's 94 even, right? It is. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to be the big pussy and take the push. I think they win 94 on the nose. What a puss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take the under. I feel like that them and the Giants are going to beat each other up and – I don't know. I feel like between injuries to the rotation, they can end up losing games that they should win. The injuries to the rotation of the Dodgers? Yeah. The Dodgers have 12 third starters. <laughs> yeah, and they're all going to get injured at some point during the year. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, fine. Well, that's the time we've, That's probably the only time in this podcast we all take a different option. All right, we're moving on to the NL East. What we have here is the Phillies at 73 and a half. Uh, this is a team I surprisingly like a lot. Greg, tell me why I shouldn't. Uh, the rotation is easy to fall in love with. The, I mean, ignore the fact that Jeremy Hellickson is their quote-unquote number one. Uh, the young trio of Eikhoff, Velasquez, and Nola is fascinating and should be fun to watch. However, the everyday lineup, I, I, still, don't, I still don't see it. I love Franco. Do not get me wrong. Uh, Odubel uh, Herrera has turned into a very nice player, but love you some Odubel. Kind of, kind of hoping for a lot of things to go right uh, on the other six spots in that order. So, I think this is a team you can easily pitch to, even in that ballpark. Um, they're going to lose a lot of low-scoring games, but the rotation. I look, the rotation is, it's going to be fun to watch and fun to watch develop. And if they can, if they can get anything out of Clay Buckholz and flip him at the trade deadline, more power to him. Joey, Phillies, feelings on Phillies? Uh, I kind of like the Phillies. I think they've been bad for a couple of years while they were rebuilding, but they've they've got the farm system stocked at this point, and the young players are starting to come up. I agree with Greg about the guys he likes. I also think that Cameron Rupp and Tommy Joseph are just, like, pretty good Same. players. Yeah, like, I think they're fine. I think that Saunders can do some damage because he hits uh, right-handed pitching well. I, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I really like this team, but I kind of like them over 
this 73 and a half number. I do also. I take the over. Greg? Uh, I think they win somewhere between 71 and 75 games. So, again, a very appropriate over-under. I would take the slight under, but I, I would probably not bet this. Like, I, I think it's just as likely they win 75 games as it is they win 71. Moving on to the Atlanta Braves. Their number is 74 and a half. This is a team I love at that number. This is probably my favorite team to take at that number on the over. Uh, I think this team has actually has a decent offense, even though they does have some aging stars. Uh, I do love me some Ender Sarte, and I actually kind of like this rotation with Bartolo Colon as the two. Tell me why I should hate this number, Greg. Uh, I can't tell you to hate it because they're kind of in the same boat as the Phillies. Um, I think their best pitching arms, unlike the Phillies, are still a couple years away. But if you're trying to be semi-competitive, which the Braves are, the first year in a new stadium, you know, you want a rotation of Colon, Jaime Garcia, R.A. Dickey after Julio Teheran. Like, those are guys that are going to give you quality starts or something near a quality start. Uh, again, not so much in love with the lineup like you are. Uh, Dansby Swanson is going to be solid. Freddie Freeman is always great. Nick Markakis gets on base. Matt, but, Matt Kemp, my uh, friend. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, but skinny I, I, I don't know. Matt Kemp. I feel like you, you don't believe in you, skinny Matt Kemp? If you're being smart, you can pitch to Matt Kemp. Like, Matt Kemp isn't a guy I would be fearful of in a lineup. Um, Matt Kemp had an awakening once he got to Atlanta. He somehow. did. He, he I was think like, he was just miserable on the Padres because he looked at the rest of the roster. He, once he got to Atlanta, he picked up his game entirely. He was a whole new player. So I, I think he's going to have a great year for them. Yeah, he just can't play the outfield. Fine. He might, he might be the worst outfielder I've ever seen. And I've seen some ever? bad outfielders. Ever? Hmm, I don't know about that. <sighs> he's bad. Okay. He's bad. Um, I mean, it's a fine team. I think it's an appropriate number. Uh, I'd probably stay away from this one as well. Uh, I don't think both the Phillies or the Braves can go under. Um, I think the Braves are probably a little bit more likely to go over. I'm taking this over hard, my friend. Yeah, I like the over also, but in the same way where I'm lumping them with the Phillies, I look at the, these two teams at 73 and a half, 74 and a half, and one of them has to go over, and I could imagine both of them going over because that is not a high number. Let's move on to the Marlins, who also have uh, a wonderful rotation and are only two games above the Braves and wins for over-under. They're 76 and a half, and their starting rotation includes Tom Kohler, Wei Yin Chen, Dan Straley, and Edison Volquez. Uh, this yeah, team... Were you, kidding? Were, you, were you kidding when you said they have a wonderful starting rotation? Because I, I think that rotation is shit. I was kidding. Okay. I, I didn't know because sometimes they think... Definitely kidding. That rotation is shitty. Um, the only thing I see that's a bright spot on this team really is Giancarlo Stanton. And is, is that really it? I actually no, like the Braves I, more I than actually, that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really high on their lineup. Uh, the one through six, D. Gordon, Marcelo Zuna, Christian Yelich, Giancarlo Stanton, Justin Bohr, and JT Realmuto. I think that's a legitimate major league lineup. But their starting rotation, it's not Padres bad, but it's bad. Um, yeah. And... You know, it it's sad, and it it just it makes you think. If Jose Fernandez was around, I think this team could win eighty two games. But the drop off from Fernandez to the rest of that rotation is significant. I, I like the under on the Marlins, kind of piggybacking off what Binks has brought up. I think the Phillies and Braves are are good. Um, so I, I I think the Marlins might be the worst team, at least pitching wise, in this division. Yep, I feel the same. Uh, pretty much all the same thoughts. I don't love Marcelo Zuna, but I really like Yellick and 
I, I don't know, Boren, Real Muto, you threw in those guys you feel really good about, and I'm not there with those guys. The bullpen's well, solid. Kyle Beckwell is good. Real Muto, I think, is critically underrated. I think he might be one of the top five best offensive catchers uh, in baseball. Bohr is specifically just a lefty power bat that might hit 35 homers while playing first base, which is useful and valuable. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not saying he's going to hit like 280 or anything like that, but to back up Stanton, those are two, those guys might hit 80 homers between the two of them. Yeah, that, that's fine. I don't have super strong opinions on these guys. I, I also think it's the under partially because I think the Braves and Phillies are uh, probably better than the Marlins just based on this rotation. I am taking the under, Greg. You were taking the under also? Yep. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Let's move on to something that Greg might have a strong opinion of, the New York Mets at 88 and a half. Greg, take uh, the floor. Just going to piggyback. So we talked about where would the Giants get the extra two wins to get the over. The Mets won 87 games last year, so you're asking where would the Mets get two wins. I think the Mets just being healthy gets them two wins. And I'm not saying perfect health because obviously David Wright's already gone. Steven Matz won't start the year with the team, but the Mets have so much pitching depth that they can, they'll be plenty fine without Matz. Um, I, a full year from Neil Walker, a full year from Lucas Duda. Uh, I, I, you know. What do you think the think odds of a full year from Lucas Duda is? I, I think, uh, I'm going to bring up his numbers just to be sure, but I think a full healthy year from Lucas Duda looks a lot like what he did no, but do you, do you think you get a full healthy yes. year from Lucas Duda? Yes, you don't have to bring his numbers. Oh, do you think um, he plays? I, I have reason to believe the, he should play over 130 games this year, yeah. All right. Uh, and I think if, if ever there is a year for Duda to be motivated, this is his contract year. So I would think he wants to be in the lineup that much. Um, Sometimes I you mean, don't have to be motivated to be injured, you know? Like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I, I just think, you know, especially Met fans, I think they forget Duda was more than just a – above average offensive player in 2014 and 2015. This guy had an OPS plus of 137 and 130 in those two years, respectively. He is a very good hitter and a very important bat. And um, a healthy Duda lengthens this Mets lineup a lot. I still don't love Jay Bruce, but... What? Just, uh, yeah, voice crack, because uh, that's what Bruce does to me. I, I don't think it's real unrealistic to say the Mets are going to win 90 games. And I'd, I'd honestly... Be disappointed if they didn't. So I am all about the over, and I've put my money where my mouth is. I already put $100 on it. I am taking the under, Binks. Yeah, I'm taking the under. I, I worry oh, about the health. Both. I worry about uh, – I'm a little worried about Duda. I don't know how much Reyes has in him at this point. I, I don't know. It just seems – I think it's close. High. I think they win 86 games. That's where I'm at. I, I, I think this is a 90-win team. I, and part of it is because of the team we're going to talk, talk about next, which I can elaborate on. The Washington Nationals have a 91 and a half games for their over-under. Uh, they are sporting Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and a little fellow named Bryce Harper. Where does this team – go ahead and elaborate, as you were going to say. Max Scherzer, pound-for-pound, uh, pound, one of the best starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. And I think uh, – I know I've had this conversation with Banks. It's a matter of preference if you'd rather have him or Syndergaard. I mean, for the long term, you'd rather have Syndergaard just because he's younger. But in a one-game playoff, who would you rather have, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I personally am not a big believer in the rest of this rotation. Uh, I don't know why Tanner Roark would ever be someone I should be afraid of. Gio Gonzalez has taken a step back in my mind, and I just haven't seen enough from Joe Ross, in my opinion, to really think 
anything high of him. Strasburg, like most of the Met pitchers, is a curveball away from the disabled list. Uh, and look, this lineup, as good as it is, it still has Ryan Zimmerman, Jason Worth, and Matt Wieters, who are three guys I think are below average and replaceable. So I, Trey Turner scares the absolute shit out of me. Um, I that. Bryce Harper is Bryce Harper. I like Adam Eaton, but I like the package the Nationals gave up even more. Get those young guys out of the national system, and I think it made them worse in the long run. Thanks. Uh, I like the over. I noticed Greg conveniently did not mention Daniel Murphy, who is a very good hitter. Uh, he's a piece of shit, but Daniel Murphy. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Strasburg a whole lot. I know the injuries have been a problem for him, but I I just think he's that damn good that I don't mind. And Roark, Ross, and Geo are not guys you're excited about, but as you're 3-4-5, I could easily see you – know, Joe Ross or Roark putting together a year where you feel really good about that guy as your three. I think the bullpen's really good. I think the lineup's pretty decent consistently, and I feel like they could win over 91 games. Do you, do you think the bullpen's really good? That's an honest question. I don't see anything special about this bullpen. I mean, there's no guy, clearly because the, there's all this discussion about who's going to be the closer because Dusty Baker is stuck in his ways. A psychopath? But I, yeah, but I kind of buy into all the hype around Cody Glover. I think what he did is pretty good, and he's looked good in spring training. I think Kelly is really good, although they're going to handle him with kid gloves, it seems like. And I think uh, Trinan, Trinan, how do you say his name? Blake, whatever his name I is. It's, I think it's Trinan. Trinan. Is, I think he's also really good, and after that, I mean, your top three guys are really what I look at when I'm looking for a bullpen. I just, I, I look, I, I am clearly biased, I just don't see anything about this team that screams them significantly better than the Mets. Also, the immortal Oliver Perez keeps getting left-handed batters out, and it's amazing. Like, I, I will repeat what I just said. I don't see anything about this team that makes them significantly better than the Mets. Okay. Let's move on to the AL Central. Uh, we're, heading, we're done with the NL right now, so we'll, we'll come back later for the NL uh, Cy Young and MVP. For right now, let's move to the Central, which is probably the most boring division in baseball. Am I wrong in saying that? It's uh, it's a one-dog race. Really. Yeah, it's a race to see how many games the Indians win it by. So. Let's do this very quickly then. Chicago White Sox, 68.5 over-under. Our thoughts on that team? I like the over, believe it or not. Wow. I, I don't I, – it goes back to a couple things. It's really hard to lose as many games as the White Sox would need to to not get that over. And this is a really young team. I think really young teams can trend upwards when it comes to over-unders. I don't see anything about this team that doesn't say they can win, can't win 70 games. They've made so many. I, yeah, they don't have Chris Sale anymore, but it's, they got a King's Ransom for him. And it's a really low coach. number. But when they, when they trade Jose Quintana, because it feels like an inevitability, who have you looked at their rotation? Because I think is James Shields. Uh, well, first of all, Derek Holland is an ace. Uh, you know that <laughs> better than anyone else. Uh, second, look. Okay, I, just for reference. Right if now, Quintana, ESPN does not have a fifth starter list for them. It is Jose Quintana, Derek Holland, James Seal, Shields, and Miguel Gonzalez. Right, but you got to take in mind Carson Fulmer will make appearances in this rotation. Carlos Rodon, when he gets healthy, is back in this rotation. Those are two starters I think a lot of teams would not mind at the end of their ro rotation this year if they were trying to compete. Have and you ever heard of a person who named Jacob May? 
Yeah, no. I think he used to be with the Twins. No, that was Trevor playing, Matt. Nope, is, I have no idea who that he is. He is the starting center fielder for this team. <laughs> so I mean, that, that's fine. Like, but at the same time, the rest of the AL Central is not exactly gangbusters. I, there's there's nothing that says the Twins or the Royals are going to be so good that the White Sox can't play 500 baseball against those two teams. Fair. Last question about about Chicago White Sox, and we'll move on. Do they trade Jose Abreu this year? I think they trade Todd Frazier before they trade Abreu. I agree. Yeah, same. I'm taking the under, Greg. Uh, I'm going over. Joey. Uh, I got to go under. Okay. Minnesota Twins. Oof. 74 and a half. Where are we standing on them? Do we even really need to go to elaborate? Is Byron Buxton real? Uh, I Look, the offense is still pretty fun to project with Buxton, Sano, Dozier, all those guys. But thank God the San Diego Padres exist. Otherwise, this would be one of the worst rotations in baseball. Totally agree. Uh, I don't really have much to say about this team. I'm... I'm going to do a stay away. I think that's exactly where they'll be around. But if I had to pick gun to my head, I would go under. I'd, I'd go under as well, especially since I like the White Sox, as previously mentioned. Yeah, I think you have to take the under. I mean, I, I guess you could see what Jose Barrios becomes. That's He could be a difference maker if he can figure out how to get through six innings. They're, yeah, they are. But they're not going to start the year with them. So they're going to have to live with whatever an Alberto Mejia is as their five starter. I think you pulled a Ryan. Is that Adalberto Mejia? It, it, it doesn't matter? <laughs> no. Does <laughs> um, if you're a Minnesota fan. All right, let's move on. Detroit, the, we have so many of those listeners. The, the, yeah, we have like. Actually, we might actually have some Minnesota listeners. Anyway, uh, Detroit Tigers, 83 is the number. This team Isn't the, aren't the Royals before the uh, Tigers. Oh, they are. I just skipped them. Sorry, they're at seventy-seven. Uh, the the Kansas City Royals. This team, uh, two years off a World Series championship and beating the Mets, uh, they were uh, a team that in the in the downward spiral, and they don't seem to be. They did have a very devastating pitcher loss, um, also to a DUI this this off season. So that's uh, incredibly sad for them. <sighs> this is a team. I I just don't see the talent that's going to get them above seventy-seven. I don't know about you guys. I think it's a couple things. Uh, I think if they keep the band together, this is a team that'll flirt with 500. But if they get off to a slow start, I mean, Mustakis is a free agent. Kane's a free agent. Hosmer's a free agent. I think they blow this team up if they get up off to a slow start. So um, I, I, I can't imagine this is the Royals team that will end the season, which is why I would probably go under. I don't feel great about it. Uh, Danny Duffy had a big breakout. I, I like him, but the rest of that rotation is uh, shit. And like I said, I, I think they're going to trade away some of these bats because they're going to want to recoup some value before free agency. I, yeah, I, I hadn't considered that they might blow it up, so I kind of liked it over. I thought the offense is good enough, and the rotation is full of guys who are, well, it's Danny Duffy and a bunch of guys who you feel like will be mediocre. But I didn't think they were going to play – that notably under 500 fall, so I had the over. I'm taking the under. I don't really feel great about it, uh, but I, I'm kind of with Greg where I feel like this team has a chance to blow it up, especially with all the, the pending free agents and just try and restock the farm system for the next run 10 years from now. So yeah, we're, I think that's fair. All right, we're going sure. to Kansas City. T- Detroit, 83 is where we're at. JD, uh, JD Martinez is already hurt. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. And uh, this team seems to be what there is probably the only competition for the Cleveland Indians at all. 
Do they even pose a threat? Uh, I don't think they pose a threat. I think some other team has to win 85 games in this division. Right. And the Tigers are probably the best equipped at doing that. So I'm going to take the over, but it's kind of like with the Cubs when I took the under. Me taking the over is not an endorsement of the Detroit Tigers. It's kind of more of an indictment on the rest of the division. This is a perfectly fine team. They're not going to make the playoffs, but, you know, they'll beat up the Royals, the Twins, and the White Sox. So they'll get the 85 wins. Michael Fulmer is looking quite good for them at this point in time. Do you still... I, love, I love Fulmer. And what was the trade exactly for that? It was straight up for Cespedes. Oh, never mind. We're all oh, good. I, yeah, I do that trade. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. We're fine. Um, yeah, you take the Tigers over because they're going to beat up on the dregs of that division. And the it's a, a reasonable rotation with some with Miguel Cabrera, who still is one of the best hitters in baseball. Like, let's take the over. Last, last uh, I'm taking the over too, but does Justin Verlander continue to be uh, an ace pitcher? Um, I think he'll be fine. I don't know. I think last year was a renaissance for the guy. I, I would bet against him duplicating his success from last year, but I think he's going to be a borderline all-star. Well, he was a nightmare for, what was it, the first six weeks of the season, so maybe his final season line ends up looking the same, but I can't imagine he does what he did in the second half over the course of a full year because that was just otherworldly. Yeah, I'm there with Binks. Yep. The Cleveland Indians are at 93 and a half. Whew, this team is looking pretty stacked, if I'm being honest with myself. How do, do we think they're the favorites to go to the, uh, to represent the AL this year, or is that someone else? Uh, I want to call them the favorites necessarily. I think they're going to walk away with this. They might win this division by 15 games or more because they're elite, especially compared to everyone else in that division. I would take the over. I know that's a lot of wins to ask for, 94 or more, but I mean – if we're saying the Tigers are good enough to beat up on the White Sox, Twins, and Royals, the Indians are going to just massacre them. Um, I love the rotation. I love the, the – like, if your biggest complaint about the Indians is they're starting a guy named Abraham Almonte in right field, uh, and, like, if you're really trying to nitpick. I mean, there's, they're going to start Lonnie, Lonnie Chisenhall. He's just hurt. So oh, Right. That's what I'm saying. Like this is this is a perfectly fine team, and uh, the addition of Edwin Encarnacion is going to be so fascinating in that lineup. Yeah, they Encarnacion was a huge ad for them. They're going to get Kipnis back. Almonte gets to platoon with Brandon Geyer, who is a great pl- platoon split guy. Former Ray Great, you know, <laughs> former Ray Great. You got it. <laughs> uh, and like we said about the Tigers, the bottom of this division just looks so. The Indians outclassed them by leaps and bounds, and I feel like I'll take the over, even though it's a high number. I agree. I'm all in on the over. Let's move on to the AL West. We're starting in the bottom with Oakland at 73 and a half. Yikes! Uh, I still feel like this is a, a low number. Me? Do I do I like this team more than I should? Like, could they win? Could they win 80 games? Uh, what exactly are you 80 liking? Games? Yeah, what exactly are you liking? Mm, I actually, as I continue to look through, I take it back. I think I'm taking the heavy under. Uh, their their rotation here, Kendall Graveman is their number one question mark. <laughs> so, a uh, Manaya or Cotton breakout is their number one, but they need both of those guys to break out in a pretty significant way to even feel like a respectable rotation. 
I think I just it's really not like, like Matt Joyce. Is necessarily murderers row either. Uh, as much as I like Marcus Semyon, uh, I don't think Chris Davis is hitting 40 homers again. I, I, you know, what are you going to get out of Rajay Davis every day? What are you going to get out of Matt Joyce every day? What are you getting out of Trevor Plouffe? It's well, it's that, and even if Chris Davis does, 40 homers is a lot less special when there are you know 25 middle infielders who had 20 homers. Right? This is true. Yeah, I just you know. How different would this team be if they did better in the Josh Donaldson trade? In the um, if they just didn't make the John Lester trade, like the what if with the A's is always fascinating. But Billy Bean, as much credit as he gets, I Franklin, I don't, I don't know how great Franklin. I'm a big Franklin Barreto fan, but if that's the best piece you get for Josh Donaldson, it still doesn't feel like you got enough. Uh, and the year before that, you shipped off Addison Russell, who just won a championship. So congratulations. Right. That's, that's what I said. Like I, I, in hindsight, that not only is the John Lester trade bad, but uh, you, you, you gave up Russell and then Lester went to the Cubs anyway. I'm going under. Yeah, I'll take the under. Yeah, I'd probably take the under. The Angels over under is 79 and a half. What would it be if Mike Trout wasn't on the team? 73 and a half? <laughs> yeah. No, I believe his war says eight. So I would, t- I would, it would be a little bit less than that. Uh, this team, what is really going on here? They have the worst minor leagues in probably ever. Uh, they have no, no pipeline whatsoever going on here. Their starting rotation has at least 20 people in it, apparently. <laughs> According to uh, the MLB right now, it has literally nine people. So uh, they don't really know what they're doing in the starting rotation. Is Albert Pujols going to be uh, serviceable? What should I like about this team? Mike Trout. Mike Trout, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Love me some Mike Trout. Um, yeah, it's just the pitching's not good enough. Uh, the bullpen is intriguing. Cam Bedrosian is going to be a name that people fall in love with this year, I think, um, if they haven't already, because his, his peripheral numbers are just fantastic. But, you know... There's a chance Ricky Nolasco is this team's number two pitcher. I don't know how much they're going to get out of Garrett Richards coming off some serious injuries. And the lineup is just, I mean, Trout is special. I think Cole Calhoun and CJ Cron are fine. I think Albert Pujols is what he is, which is still an above average major league hitter. But Angelton Simmons, as great as he is with the glove, the bat has just never really been there with the exception of one year. Um, they picked up Danny Espinoza, who I'm not in love with. They picked up Ben Revere, who is a poor man's D. Gordon. Uh, it's just there's, – there's just not a whole lot here. And I think the West, the top three teams in the West are really good. So it's going to be hard for the Angels to win their in-division games. I'm going over. Oh, no. This is – I'm absolutely going under on this. Yep, 100% with Binks. Okay. It's a 75-1 team. All right. I, I just feel like they will win 80. I'm not saying that they're over by a lot. I just think they win eight. Yeah, but who, who do you beat? Is there ever a matchup with the Rangers or Astros that you feel I, I don't like Seattle. That you feel good about? I don't like Seattle. That's why I'm going over. Mm. All right, let's get to them. Then. We'll get to it. Yeah. Texas is next at 85. Uh, this team is very interesting. I actually I do really like their lineup. I somehow I feel like Carlos Gomez is going to have a, a. He already kind of started, but he will have a uh, you know a return year to form for him for his former self. Sin Chu Chu is not something to be excited about at designated hitter, but something to be excited about is Nomar Mazara in right field. The rotation is lackluster with Cole Hamels and Yu Darvish. Uh, I mean, after, after, sorry. 
After yeah, but at the same time, lackluster after those two. But those two are bona fide number ones on just about every team. That's correct. So I, I think 85 is a very fair number for them. Where do you guys think or land on the Texas Rangers? I think I lean the over because I feel like the Rangers, like we said, they'll beat up on the Angels and the A's, and they always seem to find a way to win their in-division games. It is ugly after Darvish and Hamels, depending on how you feel about Tyson Ross, who's got the talent but has never been able to pitch. Well, Maybe not never, but hardly ever shows a reasonable number of innings. Uh, the lineup is really good, and I don't feel great about it, but I will take the over. Uh, I know we haven't gotten to the Mariners yet, but I still think the Rangers, I would bet on the Rangers being better than the Mariners. Uh, the lineup is just fantastic. I mean, when your bottom three in your order is probably Nomar Mazzara, Elvis Andrews, and Jerickson Profar, you're doing something right. Uh, the bullpen. While I'm not in love with Sam Dyson as a traditional closer, uh, I, I think Matt Bush and Jeremy Jeffers are both very good as setup guys. And I think... Uh, Keep an eye on Keona Kella, too. That guy's yeah, Kella, that Kella was the next guy I was going to bring up. I would not be surprised if he was the closer by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, the rotation after Darvish and Hamels is lackluster, but at the same time, I feel like people forget just how good Darvish and Hamels themselves are mix those two with this lineup in a five-game series, and I would be very nervous come playoff time. I like I like the over. Um, I like the over last year when it was a lower number. I still like the over. I, I think actually, this, team can, this team can get to 90. I actually really like the over, and I'm taking it. Thanks? I'm taking the over. Okay. Seattle Mariners. I just said I don't like this team, and I will tell you why. Why should I be scared of anyone in this lineup other than Robbins and Cano? I just – I'm just not. There's, I, I know you guys like Carl Seager. I've never been a big Carl Seager guy. Uh, Danny Are you Blensing, skipping Nelson Cruz? Is he going to play? Yes. All right. What, yeah. what, what do you mean, is he going to play? He's I, their everyday DH. No, I know, he, but he's been injured on and off the last three years. Like, how, how long he, can he stay healthy? No. Yes, he's, he has. He's, he, uh, I'm going to – hold on. I'm looking up his games played number. I think the last three years he's averaged over 140 games. All right. Greg's going to look that up. You keep disrespecting Kyle Seager, who has only gotten better every year of his fine, career. Fine. I, I don't – I know Nelson Cruz was healthy last year because I owned him in, in one, one or two leagues. But after before that, I maybe Greg is right. But – uh, last three years for Nelson Cruz, 2014, he played in 159 games, 2015, 152 games last year, 155. So okay. what in the fuck are you talking Never about? mind. I guess I could be scared of Nelson Cruz and Robinson Cano. I just, I don't respect Mike Zanino. Uh, sorry, Mark Zanino. I don't really, I know Kyle Seager, you said he's got better every single year. I, Gene Segura had a breakout year. Was it a real thing? I'm not sure. I guess Jared Dyson plays okay and left. But the rotation leaves a lot to be desired here. I, I'd much rather have the Texas rotation. I, I, I kind of feel like Felix has fallen off. I know that's probably an unpopular opinion. I know James Paxton's getting a lot of like sleeper buzz, but I'm just not into it either. Uh, Drew Smiley can't have his shoulder. They, the reason the Rays gave up on it is because his shoulder just couldn't hold up. I, nothing about this team really screams that they're going to win 86 games for me. I think you um, feel great about Dyson in left field. I think that kind of speed will probably play in center. Uh, this is the first time as for as long as I can remember that they have a reasonable outfield defense to put behind the, their pitchers, which is going to help them a lot. I think Segura, as much as he's not going to do what he did last year, he showed that he's got real talent. There's a reason he used to be a top prospect. And the Cano Cruz Seager in the middle of the lineup is really, really solid. Yeah, Kyle Seager, you're disrespecting him at an all-time level. I think he might be 
I mean, third base is so ridiculously deep. It's easy to overlook a guy like Kyle Seager. I think he's one of the best in the league. Uh, and the rotation, you know, the biggest, if healthy ever, is this starting rotation because Paxton's been hurt. Smiley is permanently hurt. Smiley's already hurt. Uh, I, I like the Rangers more than I like the Mariners, but I'm, that, I'm not trying to disrespect the Mariners when I say that. I just, I think uh, it's just, it's hard to predict more than 84 wins for this team. Um, though, according to you, they're a 70 win team, which not is not a 70 win team. They're like an 84 win team. They're not 86. Yeah. Okay. That's the number I just threw out there. So thanks for stealing that from me. Uh, this is, it's a fine team. I just, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the injuries in the starting rotation. And I, I speak from someone that is a fan of a team that has the biggest five question marks as far as injuries in a starting rotation. Uh, it can throw off your entire season. And while I like this offense, you know, Smiley's already down. If Paxton goes down and one more starting pitcher goes down, do the Mariners even have bodies they can put in their rotation? And I'm not 100% sure they do. It's not pretty. Chris Heston is there. They used Ariel Miranda last year. It, it wasn't good. I'm taking yeah. the under. Rob, Rob Whalen, former Met great, is like their best pitching prospect, which is uh, in a way uh, just concerning. Uh, <laughs> he's, not, he's not great. He's pretty well, bad. What do you got, Greg? Uh, I'd, I'd go under. I'd, I'd, uh, I wouldn't say significantly under, but 84 seems like the appropriate number, and that would qualify them as under. I, I like the over. I didn't feel as good about the Rangers as you did, and I think the Mariners are going to have a really nice year. Also, Edward Diaz is electric. If you've got a chance, just watch him pitch. It's so much fun. Let's move on to Houston Astros. They are 90-and-a-half this year. Uh, this is a team that's stacked with talent that couldn't get it together last year. Were, was actually last place in the division, I believe, for a little bit until they spurred uh, some winning streaks off. And they have a, a MVP candidate in five seven Jose Altuve, uh, and uh, some some and also a up, upcoming star in Carlos Correa. I guess he would already be classified as star. Do we think this team wins ninety and a half? Uh, yeah, I think they do. Um, I will say a good amount of my. Astros love kind of falls on the belief that Dallas Keuchel is just not as bad as he was last year. He might not be as good as he was at his peak, but he is nowhere near as bad as he was last year. And then you add in guys like Lance McCullers and Joe Musgrove in that rotation. And I think you're starting to work with something pretty special. Plus this lineup is insane. Top to bottom. Who like the worst hitter in their lineup is Nori Aoki, who is, perfectly suited to do everything they need him to do as a nine hitter. Like you can't, you can't really be complaining about a nine hitter when you have George Springer, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Carlos Beltran, Brian McCann, Josh Reddick, Yulieski Gurriel, who I'm a big fan of. It's a, it's a just loaded lineup. So if they get any kind of pitching, they'll be fine. I think this is going to hinge on what they do in the season. I think they're going to have to go out and get another pitcher to put near the top of their rotation. Maybe Kakko returns to form, or even if he's just – I mean, he can't be as bad as he was last year. I agree with you. But if they go and get more pitching, I think they end up over. But as the as it stands right now, I think I would go just slightly under on them. I think they're going to win the division. I think it'll be a tight race with the Mariners, though. And they'll probably – push some uh, chips into the middle and go get a good pitcher, whoever becomes available. I know they're in Kitana talks. If that trade was done, my opinion would be very different, but there's a reason it's not done yet. Um, I'll also add I'm pretty high on both Brady Rogers and Francis Martez. So they might have their pitcher 
that they would acquire at the deadline already. He just happens to be in AAA. All right, that's fair. I'm going over. Yeah, I'm over. I'm going over. Banks, you already said you're over? Sorry. I said under. Oh, my bad. Uh, just, barely, just barely under. Okay, uh, let's move on to the AL East. Our home, is, home is where the heart is, I guess, for me. Tampa Bay, they're at 78. Boy, uh, where do I even start with this team? Chris Archer kind of returned to form last year. I don't think Alex Cobb is going to return to what he once was. I do love me some Jake Odorizzi and Blake Snell, but is that enough to win more than 78 games with this offense? I would have to say probably not. Kevin Kiermeyer continues to develop as a hitter and is the all-world defender. I do not like Steven Souza Jr. as much as I probably should. He doesn't really provide a lot to this team as, as much as I'd like. Tim Beckham starts at shortstop, so that's pretty much all you need to know. Evan Longoria, hopefully his power spike was real last year and he, he keeps up what he was doing. But uh, I wish the number was 76. I think I would take it, but 78 might be too high. Uh, I wish the Rays were in a different division. If you put the Rays in the <laughs> AL Central, this is a team that could easily win 80 games, but someone has to be the worst team in the American League East, and sadly... Or unfortunately, I think the Rays are just not as talented as the four teams above them. Um, Banks, was, you were talking about uh, the pitcher that the Astros might need to require. It might be Jake Odorizzi. I don't know. I, I think he might be one of the best pitchers available at the trade deadline. And the Rays, for sure, would not really hesitate. Alex Cobb's going to be available, like too. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that Jake Odorizzi is the class of guy that I was talking about. Maybe he'll prove me wrong this year, but I... I don't know. I, it's hard to think that he's going to be the guy to really push that over the, that team over the top at Houston. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I get, just I don't know who else would be. I mean, we never really know at this point in the year who else is going to be available come the deadline. But I would think the Rays would talk Archer or Odorizzi, and I think it would be tough to get a Chris Archer just because of what it would uh, take his, to acquire him. His contract is unreal. It's like so it's very very cheap. Yeah, so Odorizzi always seems like the more reasonable guy to move, and I, I think Odorizzi can be a nice uh, midseason addition for a team like the Astros. Not necessarily be the ace, but kind of like uh, Matt Moore was for the Giants last year, and of course, Matt Moore came from the Rays as well, so that yeah, would work well, out pretty well. Yeah, like Greg said, this looking at this division is a nightmare, because you look at the rosters and you're like, oh, that doesn't seem like a bad number, and then you realize that they're going to have to play against all of the other rosters, and it's just impossible to get a feel for. I think it's likely that the Rays will sell off anything that's not nailed down because they are looking at the bottom of the division this year. So I'll take the under. I will also take the under. Greg, you're taking the under also? Unfortunately, yeah. Again, if this team's in the AL Central, uh, there's no reason they couldn't win 81 or more games, but they're just in the wrong division. Totally agree with you. Uh, I will move on to Baltimore. They're at 81. I don't see why I should like this team. Uh, Chris Tillman is their opening day starter again for the what, 11th year in a row. Uh, Kevin Gosman's probably their actual ace. Can Dilly Bundy actually pitch? Obaldo uh, Jimenez uh, is their closer. I'm kidding. And uh, there's nothing really about this team that stands out to me. I know you guys probably like uh, Adam Jones and Manny Machado, obviously, him him being an all-star. But uh, is this team, how much better is this team than the race? Is it actually three three wins? Uh, I don't think so. The rotation leaves a lot to be desired. Um, my favorite hot take, though, is that uh, Manny Machado is the best player in the Metro DC area. Uh, I would take Machado 10 times out of 10 over Bryce Harper. And I have no hesitation in saying that uh, I am a big Machado fan. I've loved him forever. He's going to get 
just a fucking monster contract when he hits free agency. But at the same time, he can't do it all himself. Uh, this team always feels like they should never win more than 79 games. And I don't know if Buck Showalter is just the greatest manager in baseball and finds a way to squeeze out all these one-run games that should be 50-50s. Um, logic would say the Orioles will be under, but I would never bet on it because they just, for whatever reason, always seem like they're an 85-win team. I'm taking the under. Uh, for the same reason Greg said, they just somehow find ways to win more games than they should. I think the lineup's pretty good. I like what Trumbo did last year, and I think as much as he's a flawed player, he's does some real damage at the plate. And I think they end up winning over 81 games. Final stretch here. three The three last big teams in the AL East. Let's start with the perennial New York Yankees at 83 and a half. The Young Guns finally coming up, and uh, along with some some veterans to take care of them. Uh, Matt Holliday. The My one concern with this team is the pitching staff. After Tanaka, what am I doing? So uh, I, I do like this team and... and all the talent they're going to be bringing up throughout the year. I, I believe it'll be an injury and I believe there will be an energy around this team that hasn't been around the team in a while. Convince me that they should be over. Uh, they're so young and not just so young, but the young players are fantastic. Um, I, the two hot takes I have about the Yankees this year is this is the year we see Brett Gardner get traded. And I really believe they'll finish with more than 83 and a half wins. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they will. But, I mean, we're going to, we're going to see Glaber Torres at some point. Aaron think, Judge should play every day. I don't think you see him day. this year, to be honest with you. I think, you see him I, next I, year. Think we, I think we'll see him at the end of the season. Uh, the Colt legend that's already forming around Greg Bird and Gary Sanchez is fantastic. But, uh, the, you know, the starting rotation is of concern. But all they need to do is give that bullpen a lead of any kind, and they will – win more games than they lose. So I, I would take the over. I'm not saying this is a playoff team, um, but this, if, if you wanted one of my five locks, the Yankees over would be one of them. I mean, I'm just so relieved that they actually went into a rebuild and traded some guys for prospects. It's so nice. And it's crazy that the last time the Yankees finished under 500, I don't even think I was watching baseball. It was sometime in the early to mid-90s. That said, this rotation is really troublesome, and I don't think they're—I mean—they're going to try to play because they want to fill the seats. But I think we'll take the under. I think they'll end up really close to this number, but the team doesn't feel like it should win 84 games. I'm going over. All right, Greg. Yeah, no, I, I already said the Yankees over is one of my just doing they locked it. Just doing confirms right now. Uh, Toronto. The 85 and a half. This team really hasn't changed much except losing in Encarnacion, in in which I could not say. And their rotation has changed up a little bit, although it does seem shaky. Uh, Binks, you're a big Stroman guy. Do you believe in this team? Yeah, I kind of do. I think that even Encarnacion leaving is going to hurt them, but I think they're going to be all right. The offense is still really strong. And if Estr either Estrada or Hap can keep up some semblance of what they did last year, I doubt they both will. I think the odds are individually that neither will but if one of them is legit stroman was really good at the end of last year and liriano is another one of those guys who almost can't be as bad as he looked at times last year so i think this team's going to be good i think aaron sanchez is very quietly the best starter in this rotation and i think it's not quiet he's 
easily the best starter in this rotation. I was just talking about the guys where they need a couple of things to go right. Um, it's hard to take the Blue Jays under just because of how deep the lineup is. Um, losing Encarnacion is going to hurt, but at the same time, I think Kendris Morales provides a lot of what Encarnacion did. Uh, I think the power numbers are going to be there for him. Uh, Tulowitzki, if you can get you know your 140 games from him, you'd love it. Josh Donaldson, all world. Uh, I personally love Devin Travis. I think he's going to be a fascinating player to watch if he's able to stay healthy. Uh, the rotation is fine. I, I love Sanchez. I love Stroman. I love J.A. Happ. Um, I'm not, I, I think Estrada takes a step back, and Liriano kind of is what he is at this point. But I don't, I don't think it's outrageous to say this is an 88-win team. I think there are 88 wins on this roster. I would, I would go over. I also like the over, right? I like the over. All right. Last team. We've done them all. Let's end it up in Boston. Whew. Got the Triple B outfield, uh, the David Price mystery, and the Chris Sale trade. Their number is 93. I think that's about fair for them. Where where are we settling on Boston? Uh, it's tough, right? David, The David Price question mark is a massive question mark. Uh, just because, you know, yeah, Rick Porcello is the defending Cy Young, but I don't think there's any measure of saying Rick Porcello was the best pitcher in the American League last year. So it's kind of a false uh, idol type situation. At the same time, this is kind of one of those situations where the division is almost too good for a team to win 94, 95 games in my mind. Uh, I, I think usually when a division champion only wins 92 games, you say the division wasn't that great. But I think it's one of those situations where since the division is going to be so competitive, no one's going to be able to run away with it. Uh, so I would, I would not bet the Red Sox, but if I had to, I'd take the under very slightly and say this is like a 92-win division champion. Yeah, I feel similarly. Uh, before the price injury came to light, it would have been a lot harder to take the under on this team. But like we've talked about at length, the competition in the division, it, these teams beat each other up even when it seems like one team is more talented. The lineup is absolutely absurd. But you, Porcello is going to regress. We don't know how much. Uh, and with price missing time, they're leaning on sale very hard. So I, I think I feel comfortable taking the under here. And we've done them all. Uh, to end this podcast, we're going to be going through the MVP. Uh, I will, I'm will. i going to say who the favorite is. You just give me who you, you think is going to win. It could be the, who the favorite. It could be who I said. or And your dark horse candidate. Uh, did I just say horse? I don't even know what I said. I am falling asleep here, my friends. Uh, and then we will uh, preview our WrestleMania for tomorrow. So here we go. Our MVP for the NL. Brian is the favorite. I like Cespedes, possibly. And my dark horse, horse I can't horse, Jesus Christ, is Freddie Freeman. Uh, Biggs, I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, I think I like Nolan Arenado. If you were going to take somebody, he's near the top. And uh, for a dark horse, I could see Freeman or like Vado or Posey coming in. They're all pretty long odds and guys who, with a big year, and well, Vado's going to be on the Fed team, but I think they could all get up into that uh, discussion at very, very good odds. Um. I think uh, I'll, I'll work a little backwards. My dark horse is actually Corey Seager. I think he's going to be 
the best player on what might be the team with the most wins in the National League. And I know voters like seeing that. Um, I, I know Chris Bryant's the favorite, but and it's hard to win back-to-back. So if I had to go a different Cub, I would probably, I don't know, if Javi Bias has a special year, Maybe he's my dark horse. Not even starting. Did you not say Anthony Rizzo? If you wanted to bring him oh, to the cup, I meant Anthony Rizzo. You right. Okay. Uh, and Anthony Rizzo would probably be my value bet, but I I kind of like Corey Seager, uh, and I I do think the Dodgers will finish with the most wins in the National League. So I know how voters love to give the best team the MVP, and I think Seager is going to be the best player on the best team. The NL Cy Young is favorited by Clayton Kershaw. I have him as my winner, but my dark horse is Matt Harvey at plus 4,000. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I will let you throw that money away. Uh, if you're going to take a Met pitcher and it's not Syndergaard, I don't really know what you're doing. Syndergaard is second in favorite. So. Yeah. I, Cinder, Kershaw should win every year he's healthy. Um, Syndergaard would be my homer bet if I could. My dark horse. I just love that Zach Davies is available at plus 30,000. Got to do it. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's mean, fantastic. You have to pick Kershaw. Uh, Cueto, on the odds that I'm looking at, is going after plus 2,000, and that feels like it's too high. Like, that seems like a really good value. Uh, DeGrom is also at, here at plus 925. What do you think about him, Greg? Um, I think secretly DeGrom is the Mets' most – I mean, Syndergaard's on another planet. So if you were just to look at the other guys in that rotation – if I had to pick someone to pitch a game five and I had to use Syndergaard in game four just to force the series, uh, it's the Grom every day. He's the kind of guy that grinds through seven innings. He's going to strike out nine. He's not going to do anything flashy, but I, he was battling injuries last year. I think this year we're going to see the 2015 version of him, and that was yeah. that was one of the best pitchers in the That's league. That's what I'm saying. I think at plus 925, it, it could be a decent value bet. Yeah, I just my my only fear with that bet is I he's gonna he's gonna be so overshadowed. And just every pitcher is gonna be so overshadowed by Syndergaard in that rotation because he's such a personality and he's such a dynamic force on the mound that it's it's kind of Syndergaard and then everyone else. But the Mets rotation is so good that it, it's kind of insulting to say that. All right, AL MVP Mike Trout. Do you guys have anything else you want to say? <laughs> Mike Trout. Yeah, it's, it's it's again, it's it's like Kershaw as the Cy Young. Mike Trout, when healthy every year, should win MVP. You guys have anything else? I like as a long shot. I like Cano at plus one thousand. Oh, I went a little longer with my long shots. I had uh, Springer at plus three thousand, and oh look at that, Kyle Seager at plus four thousand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I like I like Seager as well as a long shot. And um, if I had to choose someone on the Indians. Uh, I think Francisco Lindor is a fascinating MVP bet. It hurts me so much. Um, <laughs> hurts you so much. I traded. I traded yeah, Francisco uh, Lindor no in the Dynasty baseball league straight up for Darwin Barney. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And then I did something worse. I traded him for a retired player, Prince Fielder. So we both fucked up. Anyway, uh, AL Cy Young. The leader in the clubhouse is Chris Sale. But I like for a dark horse. I can't say horse nice guy tonight, guys. I can't speak at all. Chris Archer at plus twelve fifty. Of course you do. Well, why wouldn't <laughs> I? Why wouldn't I? Yeah. I like uh, you, Darvish, at seven ninety five as good, a, a d- decent odds bet. Uh, Kluber is near the top of the Cy Young favorites. I think he's a good bet year in and year out. Um, I gotta tell you, I really like I really like the long odds on Aaron Sanchez. Oh, yeah. I can't get behind that. 
<laughs> All right, guys. I don't know if he gets the innings. Uh, Jose Quintana could also, especially if he gets traded early, he's going up to plus 3,000. He could be a real difference maker with a storyline behind him if he leads, say, the Astros to a, t- uh, t- a division title. Let's talk about our five locks since we've gone through everything today. Uh, my five right now, I have Atlanta over, Phillies over, Red Sox under, Cincinnati under, and Arizona over. Uh, I look, I'm, uh, I'm going to die on the hill of the Mets over that. That's a lock for me. Uh, I already said the Yankees over was a lock. The Padres under is a hard block for Give me. It to me baby. It's going to be, it, they're going to lose in a hundred games. They're so bad. Um, I'd probably take the Astros over as a hard lock. And I would probably also take the White Sox over as a hard lock. All right. I got the, the Tigers over as a very strong lock. I have, the Angels, I really like that under. Uh, I like the Braves over, the Diamondbacks over, and because you're making me pick five, I'll, I'll hop on the Padres under. That's my guy. Yeah, Seriously, it's... guys, how much money are we going to put in this Padres under? <laughs> I, I'm, as soon as we get off, I'm putting 50 on the Padres under. I'm, I'm we're going to be like Simmons watching Nets games, tuning into <laughs> late-night Padres games. It's, uh, I'm seriously in on that bet. I really couldn't be more in. Um, I will, your, your 50 will match mine. That sounds oh, good. Boy. I'm really in. I'm, I'm super excited to root against the Padres this season. Guys, this has been an incredibly long podcast, and I'm falling asleep. Uh, tomorrow, we will be posting our WrestleMania preview with a bunch of different guests who I'm sure not how, really not sure how this is going to work just yet, but we'll figure it out. It'll be around Friday morning for you guys. If you've, got, if you've gotten this long, thanks for listening. Uh, the Rangers are in the playoffs. Congratulations, everyone. Greg and Joe. Joey, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Greg, anything you want to say before we go? Uh, I did have one nonsense question for you both. It okay. kind of piggybacks off what we talked about Monday. It's not that long, but okay. a listener of the podcast brought this up. Maybe so this will wake me up. Um, we talked about how The Office isn't really a TV show you could jump in at any point and binge watch. Uh, right. Where would you classify Scrubs? Scrubs. Oh, is you, a, can watch, you can watch. You can any watch any episode. episode. Yeah, you can watch any uh, that's, episode. That's what I thought. I think yeah. you can kind of jump into Scrubs at any point and you'll be fine. They, even when they do their emotional arcs, they usually do them in the 20 minutes. It's, yeah. it's pretty impressive. I, I yeah. love me some Scrubs. I, I've done some uh, marathons of Scrubs when I was in college. Oh, yeah. Scrubs was uh, the show on Comedy Central that was on all afternoon, so I could just throw it on whenever in between classes. I'm, I'm with you guys. I just wanted to bring this up because someone asked me, and I, I really do think Scrubs is the type of show like Family Guy or other shows where you can just jump in on any episode and you'll be fine. Yeah, it's not like Arrested Development where you should really just watch the whole season in one sitting. Um, yeah. All right, I'm not going to get into this because I can't. Uh, it was a pleasure, guys. I really I really had fun. I cannot wait to win money off of the San Diego Padres and, uh, and go Mets, I guess, right? That's what we're doing? There's the kid. All right. Thanks for having me. Later, guys. Bye. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.